Hey, it's David Cicerelli, CEO and co-founder of Voices. Well, today on the show, we have Joe Fristalio, audio producer, composer, senior engineer at Boombox Sound. Joe and I are going to be talking about sound for advertising, how producing audio ads differs from TV commercials, and how to ensure that your message cuts through regardless of when and where the ad's actually being heard. But first, let me introduce Joe. Uh, initially starting as an intern uh, at a large Toronto studio to working now at a Toronto-based audio house, as I mentioned, Boombox Sound. He's has the role of voice director, music producer, composer, and uh, chief engineer. Joe's become, let's call it a sort of a Swiss army knife of audio. Understanding all aspects of audio production allows Joe to hone in on the sonic quality and performance. Those two things are really important, really to bring a brand's ideas to life. So today he's joining us on voice branding. Joe, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Awesome. Well, I, you know, we're we're lucky to have you uh, also dialing in, if you will, from Studio A. Uh, and uh, I, you know, I, I I think all of us, you know, probably have a passion in life early on that it eventually turns into a career. So I'm sure there's a bit of a story there for you. Maybe for our listeners, you could share why why did you get into audio engineering and and you know, kind of pursue that, have that as your educational pursuit. Yeah, uh, well, I'm sure there's a lot of people sort of who get into this sort of industry. It all started, picked up a guitar when I was 10 years old and uh, uh, wanted to sort of emulate all the bands that I loved back then, like Blink-182 and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I sort of played in a band uh, growing up, uh, joined forces with a, uh, a buddy who was a drummer, just learning how to play drums, and another yep. who played bass. And, I mean, from there, we just we played all through high school. Um, I actually didn't initially go into audio engineering i actually um went to western for five years okay in london yeah uh and i took geology that's a bit <laughs> so of, that's a, a bit of a turn it's a bit of a stretch yeah. yeah i always make the uh the cheesy joke that i uh i studied rock in one way and then i studied rock in the other that's right <laughs> um but yeah i sort of finished up like i enjoyed my time at western it was great i mean i wasn't maybe the most studious student i didn't think i quite um jived with geology but mm -hmm. um uh, yeah, so I, I sort of went looking around. A buddy who of mine who sort of helped me record some stuff uh, sort of mentioned a couple audio schools in uh, in in London when I was there. Mm -hmm. uh, and I looked at Fanshaw and I looked at OER and I decided, you know what? Um, after sort of getting into some bedroom recording and buying some monitors and buying my first microphone and an audio interface and yeah. sort of learning the uh, the basics, I decided, you know what? Maybe I'd like to do this for for like a career and also I really just wanted to be able to record my own music and make it sound good. <laughs> yeah. That's that's so, that's usually where it begins. But listen, then you practice and then you get these opportunities to be on stage. I think that's such great experience. You learn, you know, there's a lot of let, let's what we now know as soft skills that are so important in a studio environment of sure. how to engage with artists, how to ask questions, make people feel comfortable frankly, um because it's not an environment that you're actually in all the time being in a you know, in a recording studio, in, in working with voice talent, being in a vocal booth, um, it's it's just it seems a bit of a foreign concept. So um, I would imagine you probably you know picked up a lot of those um, experiences just engaging with one another. You mentioned some of the equipment that you had. I'm always curious as well. Do you remember the first piece of gear that you actually purchased? Uh, you mentioned some of them, or maybe one that you got your hands on as a teenager, where you're like, oh, okay, this is. I kind of see the possibilities of what of how you can record. 
Yeah, I so recording gear was probably the probably the first thing I got. I got a Rode NT1A that like pack, there's like a package with like the shock mount and the and the the attached pop filter and stuff yeah. like that. So I got one of those, and I, I got a a Steinberg UR22. Mm-hmm. And I had the classic Rocket Five speakers, the yep. KRK. Um, those are everything's long gone now. I've sold all those off now, but uh, they were a great starter package. And I'd say guitar, I I just got one of those. Uh, Starter packs with the ten watt amp and the the, the Squire uh, uh, Candy Apple Red guitar. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> but listen, that that's what you that's what you need to get things going because I think sometimes performers, artists, voice talent believe that you know in order to be successful, you need the equipment. And I would I would argue it's it's almost the inverse of like let's put in the effort and the time and hone the skills first. And totally. the equipment will bring out the best in you, whether it's a microphone or a preamp. Um, but it's it's not going to be the make or, make or break. I mean, I'm sure we've all heard really talented musicians and performers. They can really pick up any instrument and just make the thing sing. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's more about the skills and the knowledge. And honestly, the practice is just the repetition. It's just knowing what you're looking for in a sound. Because mm. it's very abstract, right? When you When you first sort of hear something through a microphone you're like is that what it's supposed to sound like right. is that like what i'm going for and then as you do it more and more and over the years you just sort of discover that sound you're looking for and how to get it and sort of what gear you gravitate towards and like at the beginning it's not going to be the best gear like you're going to be using a 200 interface and, and whatever and you sort of learn to use that and i i remember starting out and i had access to tons of tons of gear like at school and even like we could play around at uh, at the studio that I interned at and stuff like that, and like uh, I've come leaps and bounds from then, um, just being practicing over and over and over again, yep. just recording. Yeah, well, getting, getting it's sound. pretty much get your hands on what you can, and yep. you know, even you know, one of the things we encourage talent to do or producers who are trying to experiment with the sound, um, you can often even rent equipment just over a mm-hmm. weekend, or yep. you know, yeah, Long McQuaid's great for that. Yeah. I used to work at Long McQuaid, rented tons of gear. <laughs> yeah. I, well, because you don't know, you don't know if it's gonna fit, you know, either physically fit into your yeah. into your space sometimes, or um it's just gonna fit, as you said, that sound that you can you can almost hear it in your head and you really wanna, you know, you wanna make that become real. Uh it does, you know, there's a lot of experimentation in that. Um we you know, we should we should be talking about also kind of translating that from um, kind of the creative aspect into a, almost a commercial work and particularly around advertising, you know, how, you know, is, is there maybe just to, you know, right off the bat, I mean, is there a lot of ads that you're producing now? What kind of ads are, are you know, corporate clients coming in to, to you know, to your uh, studio for, um, or is Boombox more known for, you know, the music side and, and commercial work isn't, isn't as much, but do, are you seeing some advertisement work getting done? Oh yeah, we do. That's that's pretty much our bread and butter. Yeah, we we work like not exclusively, but like I'd say seventy five percent with advertising agencies, with production companies, um, doing audio for ads. Mm-hmm. We they, like I, I will be working on one later today. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, so it's it's sort of we do everything that the client would ask in terms of like full coverage. We'll do music, we'll do voiceover, we'll do casting, we'll do the sound design. We do the final mix, recording session, everything like that, mm-hmm. um, and and spit out a final product um, for broadcast, for radio, for web, is sort of all over the map. But yeah, so, yeah. no, that that's awesome. But it, so how how do um, 
ads differ in kind of those various audio formats? I mean, if you're producing an audio ad, uh, maybe just walk us through that process because you kind of described it, but a corporate client um, is going to come to you or, or, you know, as you say, ad agency or the production house, another Mm -hmm. production house. They're coming to you with, is it just a concept or do they have a script in mind? Do they already have the talent? Probably all of the above, but what's, what's your process? Maybe you can unpack that for us. Yeah, so typically we will, someone will come to us for the job, like from, for a job or like previous client, new client. Um, typically, I would say the brief is the first thing that we get. Yeah, I always, I, I think the brief is very key. It's funny, funny. I actually, uh, a couple of years ago, right before the pandemic, I took... Um, I was interested to see the other side of um, of the the world because we always we work with advertising agencies, mm-hmm. but honestly, I didn't I didn't have a whole wealth of knowledge like about the process of an advertising agency. So I went and to George Brown and took a copywriting course just for fun. Okay, um, just to sort of see that side, and they Good really stressed the brief. They stressed the like the. Um, like it's all about the creative brief. The creative brief is your is your bible mm-hmm. per se, and like and nothing should be outside of this creative brief that you create. And I sort of think the brief is super important for us first from a client, just to sort of get the scope of work, the tone that they're going for, because you can't really build off anything unless you know the scope of work that they're looking for and the type of tone and type of ad they're looking like looking to produce. So like they usually give us a voiceover brief, mm-hmm. um, rough age. Um, rough sex i mean or they could be open either male or female mm-hmm. um uh and tone and then if it's original music or stock music we'll get a brief regarding that um obviously original music's a little bit more in depth um in terms of creating and composing and having other people collaborating and stuff like that is the script is there a script already kind of fleshed out at that point in the voices or is it more just di- like kind of creative direction There'll be a rough script usually. Yeah. There'll be a rough script depending if we're doing like a, um, uh, we do two types of casting, casting from demos. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll hop on different websites with voices.com. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, um, and we'll look at, yeah, we'll just, we'll cast from demos uh, for their spec or we'll have, we'll listen to demos, have people either come in or do it over Zoom yep. now um, and they'll read the script and what they have. It's subject, subject to change, of course, but. Um, yeah, there usually be a script accompanying that kind of stuff. <laughs> I, I almost hate to ask, do clients ever come to you with no creative brief and you kind of send them back to the drawing board? Like, listen, sometimes. we can't really get started <laughs> until you've Some, got this. Sometimes. Like yeah. there, um, I was recently doing um, a project where they were very open to the type of music. It was stock, it was stock music. Mm-hmm. It, it's, more for, it's more forgivable, like it's more forgiving if they're open to music and it's stock music yeah. <laughs> when you have to create original music it's a, little, oh, yeah. it's a little more tough you definitely want to hone in on the sound you're looking for and the, and the genre and the instrumentation and all that jazz mm-hmm. um but uh yeah they, they were open to uh like sort of anything we sort of had to offer anything we, we thought would be good obviously you have to use your creative instincts to hone in on one or two or three types of genres yeah yeah, can't can't be experimenting, you know, you know, ad nauseum. At some point, we got to narrow down and make make choices, right? I mean, that's that's yeah, the, sure. it's it's the definition of like kind of uh, creativity is it, as well as um, strategy in business is that you're making a selection of choices, and they're often what I refer to as self reinforcing. The previous choice kind of informs the next set of choices uh, that totally. you ha- that you have to make. 
Um, and so maybe just kind of the, the one last question, if I may, on this creative brief, mm -hmm. because it, you know, you probably have it in your mind of like, I know I need to hit these sections. Um, do you ever work from a template or even provide that if clients are just kind of struggling ahead of time and, and, um, or is it more like you, you just try to guide them through the process, but it's, it's more the onus is on them. Yeah. We more try to guide them through the process yeah. if they haven't, um, quite provided enough information mm -hmm. or enough, like if we're still, if we still have a few questions, you don't want to be asking too many questions because then it makes you sound like, uh, you're full of questions. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you definitely want to be confident in, in what you're saying and all that stuff. So we definitely try to gut, like it's, if we're not provided with creative brief, luckily enough, a lot of our clients, um, are, are pros and, and really give us. I was going to bring that up. I mean, listen, for. you're, you're, you're working with ad agencies and production mm -hmm. houses and, you know, I would imagine even a, a you know, a corporate market, like a, a brand marketer, you know, a, a creative producer at an organization, you know, they, they've probably done this a few times um, to totally. know what they're looking for. So let's 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 kind of fast forward. We got the creative brief. Um, you know, are we are you starting with music? Are you starting with a storyboard or a script? What what's kind of the the next phase there? I mean, well, you well we usually get boards typically with the with the like invite email. Mm -hmm. Like we'll get uh, someone will reach out. They'll usually have boards by that time, um, uh, and then they'll usually be looking for. Voice first, more or less, just because I find voice is easier to find in some senses. Yeah. Like, it's it's quicker in terms of if you have to create original music, that sometimes takes a week or, or yeah. a, a couple days for sure. And where voice casting, you can sort of get that going uh, in a couple hours. Yeah. Um, or at least putting it together in a couple hours if you're having the record. Maybe it takes a day or two um, to, to set up a casting and put everyone in their time slots and all that stuff. Yeah. And are you finding talent coming in for the audition? Or you mentioned Zoom as well for remote auditions. What, like when and when and where do you kind of pick? You know, is it is it a matter of budget or client preference, or is it just like more of geography of like where the talent are? Like, oh, that it's more about you know getting access to the talent and 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 working around their schedules, if you will. Yeah, typically, honestly, before the pandemic, it was people coming in yeah. all the time. It was usually it was it was a rarity that we, that. Um, that it would be over Zoom uh, or any other sort of remote recording. Sure. Um, obviously, certain circumstances, some people couldn't come in, like like a casting. Yeah, you're coming in, you're not guaranteed anything. Like, you're just coming into audition, you're trying yep. out. Um, but typically, yeah, it was always in studio before. Uh, now it's, a lot of it's over Zoom. I mean, it's quicker. It's probably easier for the talent, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, uh, I always, I always love when talent has great equipment and they, they're, they're, they're right on it with the recording side of things. It's super, super easy for, for us. Um, when talent has that together. Um, and yeah. And, and that equipment is that, so is it zoom just for the audition? Or are you actually doing, um, like a source connect, um, kind of studio to studio patch as well too? Uh, for the audition, it'll typically be, uh, I'll get them to record on their side. Yep. And then they send us the files. Perfect. So that's, it's more just, it's it's the live kind of, if you will, face-to-face -face communication where mm -hmm. it just makes, you know, kind of, you know, as we were stressing earlier, the importance of the rapport and having the talent feel comfortable. And as well as you as a producer communicating what, what we're looking for here. Um, mm -hmm. That doesn't always come across just by typing it out. You know, we can misinterpret what somebody means just by For the sure. words that someone's saying is like, you know, what, what are you emphasizing here? And uh, that's actually a real 
uh, or it's a real skill. And I think actually, candidly, a very challenge for talent to interpret what clients mean and for then sure. actually have to perform it. So mm-hmm. that's it's a I think it's a really good point and, and a great um, you know service that you're doing for talent and then also for your end client for them to be able, like for you to be able to provide that direction even at the even at the audition um, stage. So you select the talent. You now have kind of like there's probably some honing of a script. How often would you say that that script gets fine tuned, uh, if you will, between um, that initial audition and you know final recording, if you will? Uh, I mean, it depends on how far those are apart, but I would say we we're like it's not uncommon to have new scripts coming in the door ten minutes before the session, right? <laughs> and and one of our one of our executive producers will. Yeah, we'll be like, oh, new scripts coming in. Sorry, guys, new like new ones. Swap them out. So, and what's what? What do you think is the what is like prompting that? Is it a, is it a different call to action? I mean, is it basically the same content but maybe wordsmithing a little bit, or is there like a price change or you know a location and date change, like something more material? Uh, I would say it's more subtle content change. It's usually not like. We do do some ads where it is like there's prices, there are dates and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like those are like very much call to action for like this weekend or this month, this thing is going on. Right. But a lot of them, I feel like a lot of brands like to do just over encompassing ad, like um, ads where like, yeah, it just encompasses their brand in terms of, and they can play it at any time. Mm-hmm. Obviously you need media buys and stuff like that. But yep. like, um, it's a, a lot of it's adding alts. <laughs> People like to have safeties and, and okay. different things that they, that they, Oh, what if what if it sounds good like this? What if it sounds good like this? And and uh, so yes, we almost we'll, like we'll uh, an, an an indecision, if you will, of like you know, because it, it, you know it might not always be synced up to picture either, which is um, mm-hmm. I do want to you know definitely touch on because we we chatted previously around this this idea of like how audio kind of pure audio only ads differ from TV commercials, so. Um, maybe, you know, are, what, what are, maybe you could explain kind of what are those significant differences, you know, perhaps aside from the obvious where there's, there's no picture, um, mm-hmm. are you doing anything different to the sounds? Are you mixing it differently if there's, if there's nothing, uh, there's no picture? Yeah, I would say sound effects are a big thing that are, that are quite different. Interesting. Obviously you, you, you have a picture, you have to more, you, you have to match what's creatively you match what's going on in picture whether it's like diegetic sound so the sounds in the in the spot or like uh some sound design that's going on or stuff like that but um when you have an audio only ad it's more you can you're more free to do what you want with sound design mm-hmm. um and you and you do have to more create an environment um uh as opposed to letting the eyes see what the environment is right um you can re- you can you can create some cool stuff with like uh some panning tricks some um, like some tight room room reverbs and stuff like that. You can create different spaces mm-hmm. um, and uh, sort of place the person in. It's it's funny. A lot probably. I'm sure a lot of these ads, audio ads only. Well, there's Spotify and then radio, and I'm sure in the car. I'm sure a lot of this stuff doesn't translate as well when people are driving down the highway. But uh, you can do a lot of fun stuff with yeah, like panning, different reverbs, and just different effects that uh, sort of place you in that spot. Yeah, and so I, that's you know, it's it's important to understand because. I, I was initially thinking that you were going to say, oh, well, you're matching the sound to the picture. So you're, the, the sound effects have to, you know, have to, wh- whether that's, I don't know, a, a dog walking, you know, pitter pattering across the, um, you know, the, the hallway or maybe a door closing. But um, so you, you're almost, 
you know, kind of creatively constrained to match what's on uh, on screen. Mm-hmm. And then when that's not there, you actually have a lot more freedom to to experiment, maybe to embellish. Do you almost feel like, okay, because there there isn't the picture, I have to make these sound effects even more pronounced to have the listener really understand, you know, as you said, the space that they're in. Is it for sure? It's almost like a, you know, a, a, a character, uh, you know, caricature. Like you're you're embellishing it a lot more to make it stand out. Is that is that fair? Yep. Yeah, yeah that's totally fair to say. Um, yeah, you definitely have to have more. It has to be a little bit more obvious, right, in terms of where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, I feel like the ad does inform that as well. The the what the voiceover it sort of depends on the type of ad. Yeah. But. Um, Sometimes in radio ads or audio only ads, there'll be like a, like if it's a 30 second ad, the top half might be a little skit between mm-hmm. an actor or two, and that'll sort of inform where you are. And then the back half might be their announcer that says the tagline and, and what's going on yeah. with, the, uh, with the product and what they're trying to advertise. Okay, very cool. So I think we, I think we covered like the, that process as well. And I just want to end it as uh, this, this portion here with, you know, exporting to these different file formats because uh, sometimes this can be, um, you know, a, a forgotten step of like, you know, not only just mixing it down, but mastering into a file format, knowing where it's going to end up. How much mm-hmm. of this is is a consideration or is this more something that is everything just going to, uh, you know, a WAV file or are you actually exporting to a different file format, maybe bit rate or sample rate, depending on, oh, well, this is going to be uploaded to a, for a Spotify ad campaign versus to broadcast. Yeah, typically... Typically, it's wave, especially for broadcast and web. Mm-hmm. Broadcast, you're giving a 5.1 as well as a stereo. Mm-hmm. Um, for web, you're giving um, typically wave, just stereo. If you're going to radio and stuff like that, that's where it gets uh, the file sizes get smaller. Usually, okay. the tip, radio typically asks for MP3s. Um, funny enough, uh, and Spotify has to be <laughs> Spotify. I think has to be some crazy small file size that doesn't actually make any sense for a 30 second ad so usually you just give them as small as they can get give them a uh yeah an mp3 at a smaller bit rate or something like that yeah um i think they asked for it for under one megabyte for a 30 second ad but i don't actually think that 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 can actually even happen yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's 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 probably to ensure people aren't uploading 100 megabyte you know you know wave files um but, it, it, you know, it's interesting that usually we think of, and at least the parlance within, you know, voiceover space is broadcast quality implies the highest quality. But what I'm mm-hmm. hearing you say is it's actually a reduction. It's a compressed audio format, which is MP3. Um, and would For you be sending that directly like that, yeah. to a, would you ever send that directly to a station or, um, you know, a network? Or is that going to the ad agency and then they're I mean, kind of putting the buy-in? Typically, it's going to an ad agency. Every so often, we will. We, we've had to upload it to. Oh, I forget what the. We've had to upload it to a third party, um, platform sort of, of some kind. Yeah, platform. Yeah, that that delivers these to. Oh, we had to do it for a while, but I haven't done it in a little while. There was one client that we had that 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 we always uploaded their their radio ads. Typically, mm-hmm. for for picture, if it's if it's something for picture, we won't. Um, I've never uploaded it to a, a provider who where therefore and then it goes to to broadcast because mm-hmm. they self they have to marry the picture. There's a whole bunch of picture stuff that happens after audio. Yep. Um, 
uh, like the online process, like sometimes the color won't be done. Uh, and then they'll have to, to stripe everything, mm-hmm. all of our audio to picture, package it up. And then they have all, the, all their different aspect ratios and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But that's, uh, mm-hmm. that's all video problems. <laughs> well, not my, you know, I, I appreciate and respect the complexity there, but, um, you know, that that's definitely not my area of expertise either. Yeah. I mean, I, I just know, you know, even with producing variations of audio formats, um, I mean, there can be sometimes dozens depending on the... Um, depending on kind of where it's uh, where it's showing up, and even on uploading to Spotify, sometimes they'll be asking for um, different, uh, you know, almost like different, if, for lack of a better term, formats. Depending on, or they might even, uh, you know, trans translate it depending on if it's going to be for in the car or in mm-hmm. um, on mobile, like wherever you're listening and streaming it from. Um, I think it just gives a better, uh, a better experience. Uh, net, you know, similarly how Netflix does that, depending on whether you're watching something on the phone, tablet, or, for sure. or, or TV. Um, so let's let's circle back to I think the advertising as well, and particularly the message, the message itself. Uh, you know, you th- there's there is the words that need to be said, but there's also this whole soundscape that you've designed. How do we ensure that the message still cuts through? That you know, you know, is it just, is it mixing or is it, um, you know, ensuring that there's not kind of conflicting sounds? Um, maybe let's start there, just ensuring that the message itself, which is likely what the advertiser is looking for, how does that, yep. making sure that, that gets through all the other elements, uh, other sonic elements? For sure. Well, I, I mean, obviously a lot of the message would be in, like the direct messaging mm-hmm. would be in the voiceover. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, it, it's it's creating your other elements around it like the voice is always the the voice is always the star mm-hmm. the voice is always front and center the voice nothing nothing should be getting in the way of the voice the voice should always be the clearest thing you can you can hear um and the challenge is having everything else sound full and big and it be able to hear everything else while also being able to hear the voice clear as day mm-hmm. um i mean you sort of learn how to how to do that um I found it's like a lot easier as I as I go through my career. Like obviously, when I was just starting here at Boombox, I sort of started as a like I had my own room, but I was very much a junior engineer. Um, uh, probably thrust into some situations where I just had to fake it till I made it, till, yeah. till I made it. But uh, I find it a lot easier just as just practicing um, and getting like familiar with placement of everything and, and certain levels and what things should sound like in terms of. Uh, uh, getting the voice to be the star of the mm-hmm. show, um, and I mean, there's there's other things like you can mess- me- the messaging and the music, the messaging and the sound design, sort of all informs um, sort of the brand identity, if you will. Like it's um, the type of music, the genre of music, the instrumentation, the type of sound effects. It, it, it you you might think it's sort of straightforward, but it it sort of takes a little bit of practice to sort of read that. And 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 figure out what's gonna what's gonna work best for the specific ad. Like, mm. obviously, when you when you figure out the direction of music, that all plays into it. Um, but yeah, do the um, do you mix first with just vo- like the voiceover solo, and then kind of build around that, or is it? You know, uh, maybe, maybe, I sort of do it all at once. Yeah, I I, I like to to have everything all at once. I'll I'll. Um, First thing I do once we get a once we get a uh, a a, um, a voiceover select mm-hmm. is clean it up. Yep. You got to clean it up first. Get everything 
it's nice and shiny. But um, yeah, I, I like recording with the uh, like recording with music, sound effects, everything like that. So you get the full experience. You have clients sitting back here; they're gonna want to. I, I try to make it sound as finished product as yes. I can. Uh, if client like when clients are here, because it just it's it 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 helps sell the idea through. It helps sell yes. the takes through. It helps sell everything through. Um, when it sounds like it should coming out of the speakers through like as it's recording. Yeah, almost like leaving as little to the imagination as possible because otherwise it's like, well, we're either reintroducing questions of like, well, so what's the music selection? I'm, I really love that you brought up recording with the music. And mm -hmm. I know a lot of talent also prefer that because there's a certain kind of cadence and pacing that if you can pace the script, you know, four beats to a bar, if you will, for sure. in such a manner, it actually flows a lot better. And, you know, some folks think like voiceover is just, you know, literally talking into a microphone, but there's, there is this musicality about it that, That's what I was gonna that use. there's like a downbeat. Um, there's a certain pacing that if you, if that it kind of just, it clicks, it's kind of like being in the groove when you're playing in the drums yep. and you, it, you're just in that pocket. And same thing with voiceover, if you have the music there. So Encourage, I guess my 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 word of encouragement here for other producers, um, as Joe's suggesting, is help the talent. Uh, you'll get the best performance out of them if you can provide the music ahead of time for them to either rehearse or, and especially it sounds like when you're doing the recording, have the talent, uh, you know, hear the music and kind of uh, read along uh, with that pacing. Totally, I would always say it informs. The, the tone and the and the delivery and like you said yeah voiceover and like all the all the elements of um as much as it is advertising it still is art uh, and, and as much as like all of those elements come together and sort of play in a musical way and if you if they're doing right it should all flow like there's there's times where i'm mixing an ad and I'm like bobbing my head because the voiceover's going with the music yes. just right and like the timing's hitting great and like those are the great performances too where, mm -hmm. where we can get the actor in the zone they get they get they get the timing down. They, we'll run it a few times so they can they can get the spot and the timing down and, and where they where their beats should hit. Um, and then as you get into the as you get into the groove and the consistency um, is there, it uh, those are the the really good uh, the really good. Well, I love I love those sessions. Um, I'm sure it just makes for makes for a, a great session. The client's happy when uh, when when we wrap it up um, for oh, yeah. the for the day as well too. Do you think that brands are thinking about sound? differently nowadays versus, you know, maybe, you know, it, it may not be the first thing, but they're, they're recognizing that there's, uh, that there's, and it, it plays such an important role. It is the literal words that are coming out of, you know, an actor's mouth that are kind of like that audio ambassador. They're, they're representing For the sure. brand. Yeah. Um, and maybe there's other channels. Like how, how are brands thinking about sound differently than, than perhaps even f five or 10 years ago? Well, yeah, for sure. Like, um, Obviously, having the brand voice is a big thing. Like you mm. have a recognizable voice. Like audio is like and sound is very like it. it uh, really taps into your memory. It's yes. very. Um, uh, That's why people still remember jingles from like twenty years ago. Like exactly, and, and, and mnemonics and stuff like that. We, we can I can play you. I don't know the McDonald's mnemonic, and and people will know without even the words. They'll know exactly what that is. Right. Um, uh, so yeah, like obviously those are definitely important. Having good sonic branding, having having a good mnemonic. Mm -hmm. um, I, I I do think uh, a brand's message can get stronger if they have someone do it consistently. Yeah, they have the same actor doing the same thing over and over again. You sort of get a, a brand personality. And yes, brand, the the brand message is is clear and consistent uh, over their spots and different. Um, 
different avenues of of uh, providing that kind of stuff. Like, there's a lot of uh, um, diving into like VR and and AR things, like installments at at certain uh, events and stuff like that. We've we've done a few a few jobs lately where there's been an installment. There was a even if it's not for a brand, if it's for a TV show, we 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 did a uh, a an installment where we created a couple custom tracks for um, a big show that came out. I don't know, maybe a month ago, mm-hmm. and and you go into this room and you sit down on this throne, and then and then wh- whichever character you picked, that custom track played, and then the whole room sort of changed into this augmented reality. Oh, wow! Space. Uh, I mean, I wish I got to do it. It was down in L.A. I wish yeah. I got to see what it was. <laughs> I, only, I only got to uh, see the boards and and uh, and hear the tracks uh, and work on the tracks. But um, yeah, that kind of stuff is sweet. Um, there are some shoe brands that are doing some cool stuff with that kind of. Uh, I feel like uh, we, we we've done a few jobs for some um, some some shoe brands that are they're really into like the augmented reality. Yeah, and, almost and the these are immersive experiences. Yeah. So it's it's going beyond um, you know just being at home and listening to something on your you know Alexa or Google Home and it's got it synced up to Spotify. It might play your songs or if you're on the free version, you're probably hearing ads uh, along mm-hmm. the way, uh, or in the car. I think those are still going to be the the two main ones. But then out of home, you're right. There's these experiences that um, whether it's you know at the movies or these installations at a conference or live event, where I think you know very progressive brands want to try and experiment with something new and sure. show the latest, uh, latest and greatest. Um, so yeah, no, th- those are some that I hadn't, uh, I hadn't heard uh, quite like that before, especially the choose your own adventure, um, style, which is, uh, which is, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah, it was neat. Um, are there other ways that you feel or opportunities that you think brands are underutilizing specifically around audio where you're seeing, you know, it's like, why aren't more people, why aren't more people doing this? Um, anything like that kind of t- come top of mind for you? I always think that... <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of biased, but yeah. I think audio is is a large is a huge like plays a huge role in in this kind of stuff and and um, I always just think it's it's underutilized if if it's not if attention's not paid to it properly. Right. Um, there's a lot of talented people that can do a lot of great things um, with video, but I find if if the audio isn't there, it isn't it just doesn't hit the same. Right. When, when um, on, it's it's very obvious when it's like you know you can do amazing things that are shot on an iPhone, but the sound on an iPhone is yeah. is terrible, and it's the wind going in the background. I'm like, do you not, do you not hear this? Um, it, yeah, it, it becomes it, distracting from the actual story that's being meant to be told. And it's not immersive. It yeah. really takes you out of it. If the sound isn't isn't there, it's 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 definitely not as engaging. And I think that's mm. the one word that you would want to probably as a brand, have all your content be engaging, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think audio, like, yeah, you can, you can do amazing things shot on an iPhone, but if the, if the sound isn't there, it's not, it's not going to be as engaging. You're not going to be there. You're not going to be living that. There's a, there's a vocal coach, um, Pat Fraley, who talks about this uh, notion. I'm sure it's a performing arts idea called suspending disbelief, which is you mm-hmm. want your, the audience or the listener or the viewer to suspend, meaning pause that that desire to they know it's not real they know it's a manufactured or created environment but mm-hmm. they suspend disbelief just for a moment because it is engaging and and yeah. they just kind of let go just for that uh and it can be as short as as you said 30 seconds 15 seconds 
Um, and over a longer production, be it an audiobook or a documentary or an animated production, you, you almost believe that this is real. Mm -hmm. And that's when you know that um, you have both a great performance and great, uh, great quality. And anything, whether it's just a simple audio artifact um, or, you know, a, a poor, poor mix that's done or something that kind of just comes out of nowhere, it, it actually breaks that, um, that, that feeling of engagement. You're like, you're kind of just like, oh, you kind of just snap back into it. Sure. Um, so I think that's, you know, playing those mixes back, listening for that kind of eyes, eyes closed um, mm -hmm. and, and feeling like you're right there in the moment. But uh, suspending disbelief is, is one of those, uh, one of those concepts. Um, Joe, if people wanted to follow you or your work, uh, where, where's the, where can they do so? Uh, I mean, boombox sound on Instagram. We got a website with our, like we got Vimeo with all that stuff. I'm not, uh, super active on social media. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but if your clients, yeah, if your clients let you that you put up some of the, some of the finished product there. I do. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I'd encourage you guys to go out and uh, check Boombox out on Instagram and Vimeo as well, too, for those high quality uh, videos um, <laughs> as well. Well, um, amazing, Joe. Thanks for thanks for joining me today. I have loved our conversation. We covered a lot of ground, um, both uh, technical as well yeah. as artistic and creative, which I think is going to add a lot of value to uh, those listening today. Um, for sure. Yeah, no, thanks. I had a great time. It was, uh, it was good to get to uh, chat about this stuff. Well, we don't we don't do it all the time, so we should do it more often. I appreciate that, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll give you give you a ring when we're in Toronto next. Um, and so I think uh, I think we should call it for a show today. Well, until next time, I'm David Cicerelli, the founder and CEO of Voices, and you've been listening to Voice Branding. <laughs>